Have you ever wondered what it's like to work in law enforcement? From deputies on patrol, what it's like to work in corrections, dig into some cold case investigations and reveal the multitude of untold stories of how our officers give back to the community. All stories from your neighbors, the hardworking men and women who serve the citizens of York County. I can back 144.5. This is YCSO Behind the Badge, the official podcast of the York County Sheriff's Office. Welcome to Behind the Badge, the official podcast of the York County Sheriff's Office. I'm Trent Ferris, Public Information Officer for the York County Sheriff's Office. And if you're a regular listener to the podcast, we'd like for you to go check out a check us out on our social media pages facebook instagram twitter linkedin and youtube that's where you can also listen to this podcast on a video cast if you don't have a podcasting service and we ask you to sign up uh, on our website at yorkcountysheriff.com for the notify me alerts why well just last week when tropical storm zeta blew through there were nearly 30 trees that fell into the roads around york county and we updated everyone on simple possible traffic delays in the county so that's why we ask you to go do that we give you out information that you need uh here to the citizens in york county those notify me alerts also straight to your phone and email at yorkcountysheriff.com because if a major event happens in the county that we feel that needs your attention immediately we can send you notifications to your area so folks in fort mill won't get alerts for things going on out in Bullock's Creek. So that's both sides of the county. So, And vice versa, if anybody wants to know anything's going on. Also, we do have have sent out county-wide uh, alerts in the past. And also, you can sign up for the Code Red alerts. That is the reverse 911 system that comes from the Department of Public Safety Communications if we need an immediate uh, information sent to your phone. Uh, or email as well. So that's like the reverse 911. That's what it's called. So you can do all that at yourcountysheriff.com. So today on the podcast, we have two special guests who, uh, during this time of year, usually non COVID year, are pretty busy in November, December timeframe uh, with our inmate population. Uh, and this podcast, again, I will be learning alongside you because, you know, I've said it before in the past, I'm the public information officer. I should be the guy that knows everything that goes on here at the sheriff's office, but I don't. Uh, we had, you know, the, the nurse, uh, uh, nurse Cannon, Cannon, Nurse Cannon here in a couple, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I have no idea what you do down there. So tell us all about it. So today we have Captain Myra Hogg and Officer Tandra Darby, who are both over the Detention Center Inmates Program. And this can be anything from running the inmate library to what we've had on the, the group from Nashville coming down, the Beat yes. of Life program, that kind of stuff, to a simple slice of pie at the holidays. So first, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having us here, Trent. And she is just so excited to be across the table for me absolutely <laughs> trust me it's painless all you're doing is talking into a microphone i do it for a, i do it for a living sort of kind of every day every day <laughs> but anyway first tell us about yourselves we need this the what's behind the badge that's the name of the show so yes we'll go start with captain you're first tell us all about yourself well, all right my name is tamara hogg i'm the administrative services captain here at the york county detention center um, not only am I over the programs department, I also um, supervise the medical department, the training department. Mm. So 
programs is a huge department that requires so much attention. I've been at the York County Detention Center since 1998. I Ooh. started as a fairly young young lady. <laughs> 1998. 1998. Awesome. Um, actually, my pastor at that time uh, informed me to come over and fill out an application, and I did the process, and I made it in. I not only um, worked as a housing officer, I worked in the booking department. Mm -hmm. I was a shift supervisor, and then I became a lieutenant. And with hard work and dedication, I became the administrative services captain. So you go back. Your pastor talked you into this. Yes. Well, well, how how'd that conversation start? Oh, wow. My pastor, <laughs> he was a detention officer here oh, okay. a long time ago. And um, I was over the youth department, and okay. he was like, Tamara, you handle these kids so well. Man, you don't take nothing from the young people. You'll do great as a detention officer. So I said, you know what? I think I'll do it because I always wanted to be a nurse, but mm -hmm. I was afraid of needles. Uh, so well, that would do it. The next best option was to be a detention officer, and I don't regret it one moment. Awesome. That's a long time, 1998 to 1998. 2020. Yes. So you've seen a lot over the years. I've seen a lot over the years. I've endured a lot over the years, but I can say it, it made me a better person. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Next up. Don't be afraid. Okay. So, Tell us about um, it. <laughs> I am Sergeant Darby, well, Sandra Darby, and I've been working with the Sheriff's Department, Detention Division, since uh, 2001. Okay. Um, like uh, the captain here, um, I started off in the housing units. Um, I made my way to master control. I did IT for about five years, mm. and then... Um, I became the programs manager. I really believe that everything that I've done in the detention center always um, kind of geared me towards doing what I do now. Okay. Um, I love being a programs manager. It gives me an opportunity to really um, talk to the inmates and find out what their needs and, and you know, and help them okay. as much as I can. So, uh, so what, did, did your pastor talk you into being? <laughs> no, <sir. laughs> no what, what, what made you think, oh, I'm going to go work at the detention center? I kind of had a different path. Uh, prior to this, I was working in uh, – a plant making breaks and it used to be very hot in there so a co-worker of mine she decided to um, become a detention officer and she gave me a call and she said hey um, come and give it a try you know it's a great place to work and uh, I said well do they have air conditioning she said yes I, I'm on my way <laughs> so and that's kind of <laughs> how I started my career here actually there's air conditioning that's great <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that I did I, I'm, I'm really glad that I did Awesome, awesome. Since 2001. So we have some, some veterans here of the, yes. the detention center. Uh, so um, so the de programs area, of the, we, we have what, on average, 350 to 400, all close to 500 inmates from time to time. you got to give them something to do Correct. during the day. So that's where the programs mm -hmm. department comes in. So tell us, give us an overview of what, what the programs department over at the detention center does. Okay. Well, yeah. overall, the um, programs department, um, it deals with the religious programs, mm -hmm. um, Alcoholic Anonymous. We have the juvenile education, adult education, resume writing and interviewing process. Oh, okay. Yes, domestic violence, um, Narcotics Anonymous. We have the Beat of Life that comes in from Nashville, the CART program. We have so many different programs. How that, many um, do you think there are? Like a number. How many programs? Like. Wow, we have more than a dozen, um, sure, um, and, and uh, K 
Captain Hog. She definitely gave uh, a few, but we have more than a dozen. More okay. Just for different things. I mean, for what, for what folks need, like you said, Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, a lot of people end up here with narcotics issues and alcoholic issues. So mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a program to which people can get a, get some help while correct, they're here. Correct, Because, of we, course, they can't do that kind of stuff in the detention center, right? Exactly. And we, and we at the, the meaning for that program is to give them resources and something to cling on to once they get out. So mm-hmm. when they get out, they don't go with no plan of action to not come back. So that's the key. Educate them while they're here. Mm-hmm. Give them a packet before they leave. So when they get out, they can look back on something tangible to say, hey, I got a game plan. And what I can do with this game plan, I can I can try to make it. Right. But if you have, don't have a game plan. Well, because if you get arrested, that's life-changing. That's life-changing. That's life-changing for anybody. You know, if anybody yes. gets arrested, that's... It just, I mean, it's one of those things like, well, I've, I've gotten arrested. Now my life is over. Yes. No, it's not the case. You have options, mm-hmm. you know, to better yourself after the fact. And, and to, I mean, to resume writing, that's something like, well, I didn't have a job before, but I've worked places. How do I, you know, how can, when I get out of here, I mean, uh, they're going to see that on my record. But, I mean, I'm, I've been in, in, in prison, in jail, whatever. There's there's help to overcome that barrier correct correct how's that work and with the resume writing um we have the volunteer come in and she teaches them how to write the resume Mm -hmm. um she proofreads it she goes back and she type it up each inmate who um does a resume they get five copies of that resume Mm -hmm. once they get them five five copies um she teach them how to do the interview. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know how to do a proper interview, especially oh, yeah. if you have a criminal record behind you. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to have the body posture when they go mm-hmm. in. They have that, that posture of, oh, either I'm slumped over because I'm ashamed of what I've done, mm-hmm. or they have that aggressive posture waiting on somebody to automatically reject them. So mm-hmm. all of those things are important when you go into interviews. So. We try to make sure that all of that is covered while they're here. Well, we'll get into the volunteers in a second, but so how, how does an inmate go about getting into a program? Say, there you have all the, is there a book that's a, you know, you get in there and here's a book. And there's all the programs we have. How, how does an inmate get a, get into one of these programs that they feel they may need? Well, actually, they'll, they'll send me a request. Mm-hmm. And they'll um, ask, can they, you know, be in a particular program uh, and, and one of the things we look for is, is behavior mm-hmm. obvious um, if they have write-ups or sanctions within 30 days they have to wait okay um, for a while but after that if, if their behavior shows that they're doing what they're supposed to do they're allowed in those programs okay so um, that's pretty much the only thing that would keep them out of a program so any kind of behavioral issues uh, yeah we want to watch that for at least 30 days if they get a sanction okay to make sure they're well, I remember when the Beat of Life program, this is, give you a little rundown. The Beat of Life program was this uh, Nashville songwriters for folks who came from all the way from Nashville and they come in with guitars and microphones and pieces of paper and they sit there and they write songs with inmates. And I remember the first time they came, they had a group of people who signed up for the Beat of Life program and then one, one guy had a, an issue. The day before he came, watched the you know the, the taught him the, the first day that the Beat of Life folks were here. They didn't play any guitar or nothing. They just wrote songs. But that night he got in some trouble. Yeah. And so the next person on the list got in. Is that how it works? That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but um, at the same time we have to follow those rules, right. you know, to keep everybody safe. So, um, and like you said, it, it's always a list of people wanting to um, get in. So. 
you know, we watch that very careful to make sure everybody's followed the rules. Is there a limit to number of people can get into the programs and such like that? It just depends on what unit they're in. Okay. Um, like our life skills unit, mm-hmm. you know, we can't uh, have maybe about 32 at one time in that particular unit. So okay. um, that would be the only limit. When we're talking about AA, NA, things like that, that's throughout the um, facility. Mm-hmm. So there's no real limit who can participate. Life skills. Let's drop back and talk about life skills. What what what, what involves life skills? You know, so life skills is a program. It's a seven-week program. Um, a lot of people call it the religious block, but it is not the religious mm-hmm. block. I want to put that out there. Uh, life skills is, is everyone in our facility. Everyone is welcome to participate. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a seven-week uh, program where they send in a request if they're chosen to be in there. Um, they are just exposed to number, I mean, just a, a number of, of programs that mm-hmm. we have. Um, they do do the Bible study, but in addition to the Bible study, they do the intense alcoholic anonymous, uh, narcotics anonymous. That's where they do the resume writing. Okay. Um, and getting prepared, you know, for doing the job interviews and, and things like that. And so what does that mean, life skills, though? Do there's also... The thing that comes to mind is it like financial stuff too, like hey, how to how to you know keep a checkbook and stuff like we that. We do yeah. we do have a budgeting class as well. Okay, that, um, it's provided in that unit as well as the um, domestic violence and uh, some of the other things. And basically, life skills is just to help them transition outside of a jail environment mm-hmm. to a. Um, normal living environment. I guess because if you, you you go to the jail, you come out of jail, people automatically have that idea in their mind, the stigma. One, if you were the inmate and or you're just Joe Citizen out in the city, you know, they have, oh, you, you were in jail. That means you, you have this, you don't know how to do this or whatever. So it's a stigma, I guess, that maybe is portrayed it's poorly a, in the media movies and stuff like that oh, exactly. you know what i mean you know it's just <laughs> what you see on television i've told people in the past like is this much what you see on television is it's this true. much you know and i'm if this is radio this is a podcast i'm holding my fingers up about an inch <laughs> that, that, what you see on tv is about an, this you know very small percentage of what's normal what's going on so it's good that people are getting those skills once they leave they can surpass those stigmas is that, is that am i getting that right yeah that's correct i mean it definitely gives them a different perspective about you know things how people are going to perceive you know them but um um hopefully it, it gives them a different way of thinking mm-hmm. so they can be successful outside of a jail environment good 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 so um what are some other cool i mean we've talked about uh, there's a library there i mean Tell us about the library. You know, everybody's like, you have a library inside there? Like, we yes, we do have a library. <laughs> Let's talk about the library. What's, what's going on with that? Okay. We do have a library, and we want to be so thankful for our volunteers because all of our books within the library are donated. Right. Um, the only thing we cannot take are um, hard, hardback books right. within the library. So we have our volunteers that come in, and they load the cart up, and then they would take the books down to the housing units. And then they would trade out books from the shelf in the housing unit and put new books in mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis to make sure the inmates have something different to read at all times. So the library is not a place where the inmates can actually go and check out books themselves, okay. of course. Um, but it is a spot where hundreds and hundreds of thousands, well, thousands of books have been donated to right. us. Um, and speaking of the library, we do need... Um, books for our Hispanic population. Oh, okay. Most people send in books for, um, that's English, 
and we kind of forget about that there are Hispanic people in jail who speak no English whatsoever. So, I will um, take care of that today on our social media pages. Donate your Hispanic or your Spanish books. Yes, the your books novels are, and things yeah, of that okay. nature. Um, we get a lot of Spanish Bibles that come in. Okay. But everybody is not Christian. So right. some people want to read a little novel, um, something different, so on an adult level. Mm -hmm. So that would be great. So is it just any kind of book? So I mean, fiction, nonfiction, yes. educational, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. What's, the, what's it run? Did if somebody wants to learn how to about physics or something, they have a book about that or something like that? They I can mean, have a book about that. Just don't send any kind of books on how to escape from jails or <laughs> <laughs> how to break in different things. A lot of times people, you, you would not believe well, um, some of the stuff that people would actually want to, um, people read. Right. Uh, those kind of things you keep at home. Um, but it's books that's about life. A lot of love novels and things, not too graphic. Right. We don't want any graphic novels um, to come in, but things that you would just like to read on a day-to-day -day basis. Just something to keep your mind active. Yes, no magazines, nothing with um, staples or anything in it as well. Okay, so you were going to say something, sorry? Yeah, I just wanted to include, you know, another thing that we don't accept is magazines. We mm -hmm. can't accept the magazines okay. or the news clippings and things like that. Yeah, my grandma um, would have loaded you up. <laughs> you know, she was living, she, she had a stack of magazines. She'd always hand them to me. Was like, no, no. Other <laughs> than that, you know, those books are, are just like gold to those inmates you know um, some inmates have told me they've never picked up a book mm -hmm. until they've came to the jail so um that's great that what's well, good taking that you know that opportunity to learn more so uh, definitely we, we appreciate books being donated what's well, and that's a skill mm -hmm. i mean for folks to, who may have not read beforehand they they're learning to read books and read mm -hmm something that betters themselves so absolutely that's part of the, the skills programs yes yeah, so we're, we're learning here okay anything other you know what, what else we got here you know well we also have um the card program where volunteers bring in cards and these are blank cards and the inmates um can fill out those cards and send a card to their family members okay not all inmates can afford to buy right material okay um, and the only material that we give for free would be legal material. Okay. So if you got legal material, you cannot send it to your family members saying, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Okay. So it's a blessing that we get those blank cards to come in just so inmates can fill them out, send them to their families. We get birthday cards um, and things like that just so they can send them out. If they got children mm -hmm. um, but you have no money in your account, at least your family know that you are thinking about them. So there's an account. Inmates have an account where they can purchase stuff from the commissary. Yes. Just so everybody knows that they, they have money. Oh. If, if they have money in their account, but if they don't have money, and you see, you know, ten other people writing, sending cards out for Mother's Day, Father's mm -hmm. Day, and things of that nature. Some of, some people do feel kind of overwhelmed, um, especially being shut in here during the holiday seasons or mm -hmm. special occasions. And those cards they mean to world mm -hmm. to some people. Um, we also have a program where we do coloring with the females. Mm -hmm. And some people would say coloring, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. But some of the um, effects that we have seen just by bringing in crayons, mm -hmm. colored pencils, and playing a little music for the females, it just brings out so many emotions. Right. Um, they start thinking about their children. They start thinking about things that have been weighing them down. And they open up. Mm -hmm. They want to talk about it. And that's a time that um, 
a lot of them have a breakthrough yeah. just coloring on a piece of paper. So things like that, that means a lot um, to us in the jail. It's the, the small things that small we things. take a, take a, take mm-hmm. for granted every day. Like you and I can go to you know the store and pick up a card and send it to yeah. whomever, just like that. But in prison or in jail, you don't have that option. So it, it, it. It's, it's, a, it's a good outlet to one say, hey, here, I'm still thinking about you when we're apart. So it's just the small things, I guess. It's, uh, yes. Folks need to know that. You know, the small things may change somebody's life, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, you know, and the fact that uh, Captain Hogg was talking about, you know, they don't have the money to do that. Mm-hmm. They even pay for the postage. All the postage mm-hmm. is free okay. because the um, volunteers also have donated that. So, um, yeah, that card um, program is very important. Well, we've talked a lot about volunteers and the <laughs> folks who are probably listening to the podcast or even whatever saying, well, you're telling us all the stuff we can do. How do we do it? So how how does someone get a become a volunteer? And, you know, I remember a church I used to uh, attend. Um, there was a group of people who volunteered to come here and talk to folks. You know, it was a, it was the. It was the prison ministry. That's what we that was what was called, and they would come in and we would talk to inmates. I, I didn't come, but I know that we had it. <laughs> so, so I'm not full full disclosure here. But there was there, there's programs like that. So, how does one get into the volunteering here at the detention center? So to become a volunteer, all you would have to really do is, is contact you know um, Captain Hogg or myself, Sandra Darby. Um, you can call. You can email us and. Um, we just give you the information. Uh, as far mm-hmm. as being a volunteer, we ask that you have um, no criminal history for at least five years, of True. course. Um, a background check will be done. Um, they have to participate in the orientation as well as PREA, okay. uh, the Prison Rape Elimination Act. Mm-hmm. And once they've completed their application and they've went through orientation, uh, their paperwork is sent to the chief. The chief has the final yes or no okay. whether they become a volunteer so how say okay i'm i've passed all that i'm a volunteer so what what does it what, what come what happens next okay after approval mm-hmm. they'll meet with me like i said for the orientation and um they're given a, a, a id badge right and they are given a tour of the facility we take a look at our schedules to see what would be a good fit for them? We have um, three slots that they can participate in, a 9 to 11 slot, a 1 to 3 slot, and a 7 to 9 p.m. slot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is seven days a week, uh, 365 days of the year. So, um, Well, especially during Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, yes, sir. And I know we have those Thanksgiving and Christmas times where the volunteers come in. And how many, first of all, how many volunteers do we currently have? Do you know? We have close to 200 volunteers. Right. And let me tell you, um, last year alone, they donated over 4,100 hours of volunteer time. Wow. And at some point, close to 25,000 inmates. Now, of course, we don't have 20,000 inmates. Right. But However, at some point, they sat in a program. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yes, sir. And when we have, on average, between what three three fifty and four hundred right about now right. I, I have to go look see what the number is but i mean this <laughs> changes day to day folks it's okay but it, it's uh you know to have that many lives impacted you know volunteers m- mean a lot absolutely they're a vital part of our um uh, programs there uh, they definitely help us with everything well because the, the detention officers have to focus on maintaining safety and security in the facility Correct. they don't have that opportunity to sit there and take time to sit and talk 
you know, when they have to look after, you know, dozens of other people. So the volunteers really do come in handy to have some. I'm sure it's also handy to talk to someone else other than your fellow inmates, correct? Correct. I think it kind of keeps them mentally there to know that it's an outside world, Mm -hmm. something beyond the four walls. All right, I guess you would uh, just sit there and you, all you got is a wall, maybe a window with some bars <laughs> on it, with, looking at it. So, but I guess that would get uh, frustrating. So, um, so let's talk about it. The it's Thanksgiving coming up, you know, well, let's talk about it. COVID nineteen has kind of ruined a little bit of our volunteer program, I guess, because you can't come in and out as they used to. Is that right? Yeah, that's COVID nineteen has placed a a little damper on our Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, let me go back to last year mm-hmm. and the year before. Uh, we had volunteers that come in and they brought so many pies that they baked at home or mm-hmm. bought from stores. And before I started working in this uh, position, I never knew the behind the scenes. All I saw was a cart coming down and people passing out pies and cakes to the inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got into this position, I said, oh, I want to see what happens behind the scene with this. Mm-hmm. So I went down, and we sliced every one of those pies. <laughs> That's a lot of pie for that 400 inmates. That a lot of pies to sort out. Uh, we have diabetic inmates. We uh-huh. have inmates with medical issues that have to have certain kind of pies or cakes. And the volunteers, they took that into consideration and made sure we had everything that we needed. It was nothing that came out of pocket from us to make sure the inmates had a great time during the Thanksgiving and Christmas time. During Christmas, they brought in all kind of cookies, Mm -hmm. whether those cookies were baked at home or um, purchased out of store. We had more than enough for the inmates and the officers to um, to share on those days. This year will be slightly different. Uh Um, We're not allowed to actually take money from volunteers, so we have an account that we would have to go into to sure. purchase those things. And it don't seem like it would be the same because of the love behind yeah. having That's those volunteers home, come in. Home baked pie. Yes, yeah. to have like a grandma's pie come right. in and you smelling that pie and it's, you know, still yeah. kind of fresh out the oven. It's a big difference. Right. Definitely. So what's going to, is there, is this, because COVID's ruined everything, it seems like, you know, <laughs> is it, what, what's going to be in place of that? I mean, is there no pie this year or is there well, going to be an option? of? We'll have to else? purchase everything. It won't be any homemade pies because I don't bake and I don't know if Miss Darby <laughs> bakes or not, but no. Miss Darby doesn't bake either. I got some so. kids that can do it. <laughs> so everything will be purchased um, from a bakery or a store okay. um, brought into the inmates. We definitely don't want this time frame to go past and not give anything right um, because of the meaning of what we do mm-hmm. so we won't let COVID shut us down completely bingo yes. awesome so there's there's going to be some pies i mean if anybody wants to bring some pies like you know go buy it at the grocery store or something buy, buy a pie there is that possible is that or, not or? at this time but we're still working on a plan okay so once we get our plan together can we let you know and then you put it out for us? Oh my, who am I? <laughs> you know, I just wanted to hear you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know me. If it's good news, I'm going to put it out there for folks. Uh, so, um, but you were telling me about something else. There's going to be a, a card program. What's that? Well, the card program. Oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about when volunteers bring in cards and drop them off to okay. us. Okay. And then we pass them out for the inmates to mail out to their families. So if they want to bring in cards, um, We'll definitely be more than willing to take like them. A Christmas card, holiday card, something like that, saying, yes. hey, just thinking about you, you know, Correct. just let you know, we, whatever. Correct. We have, um, we're, we're 
we will be more than welcome to receive those kind of cards, as well as we do have one volunteer that's wanting to actually send cards to the inmates mm -hmm. um, within the facility to let them know that um, although they haven't been here to do their volunteer work, they're still thinking about them. Mm -hmm. But we just want to make sure that if a volunteer or someone wants to mail cards in, they drop them off at the detention center. Mm -hmm. Please do not put your home address in because no. we cannot uh, monitor what goes out right. if you um, send your address in. So just drop those cards off to uh, myself, Captain Hawk, or Sergeant um, Darby. Okay. So it's always something good to have, you know, this is it, not just necessarily a volunteer who comes in and out. This could be just anybody at home who's listening and saying, I want, you know, it's something nice to do. I don't want to, be, you know, volunteer to go in, but I could mm -hmm. send in a card. That's correct. You know, or, or a couple of cards, you know, for, mm -hmm. for the inmate population to say, hey, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, you know, whatever, or Thanksgiving or yeah. something like that. You know, that, that there's some somebody out there thinking about them. So, like we talked before, it's not the, always the four walls. You have there is a life outside Absolutely. of the facility. Well, good. Um, wow. Is there anything else we missed on the volunteer program? Anything that folks need to know? There's really nothing else from me on the volunteer program, but um, we cannot let this program this session end without us just saying thank you. Mm -hmm. um, we would not be able to do anything like what we're doing now on a daily basis without the volunteers. Um, whether officers know it or not, their units wouldn't run the way they run without those volunteers mm -hmm. coming in and planting little seeds and dropping off little nuggets to the inmates. So, um, How's the inmate reaction? Like, Do they say, man, I appreciate so-and-so for coming in and talking to me because I had a bad day? They really do. More than people can imagine um, how the the volunteers penetrate um, the hearts of some of these inmates. Mm -hmm. You know, they would take some of the hardest people who you would think, well, I don't want to talk to that person, but that volunteer can come in and talk to them and just talk to them just right mm -hmm. and make yeah. a life-changing, you know, make it life-changing for them. So Miss um, Darby, she see it more firsthand. So I mean, is there elaborate anything? on just a little bit for well, what you've yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to echo that, you know, the volunteers are, you know, just let them know they are so appreciated. I mean, we could not do what we do without them. Um, the inmates, they are, are very um, blessed to have, mm -hmm. you know, people who care about them, and they do let them know that they care about them. So, you know, I want to thank them for everything that they uh, do mm -hmm. and continue to do for us. And you, the same thing, inmates are always thankful for when they come in because it's a different face and yes, it's a different Yes, I tell you, one of the best things is when I receive that email or that phone call thanking um, me, <laughs> and I really shouldn't even get the thank you um, for allowing them to participate or having that volunteer come in. It's not me. It's definitely the volunteers. Awesome. The volunteers deserve it all. Well, good. Well, good. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end here, so we're going to have to wrap it up just a little bit. But before we go, we always ask somebody, we always ask our guests, like, what happened um, if you could go back to 1998 or 2001 and you could tell yourself or if you had a piece of advice for somebody who's coming, wanting on that edge of becoming and working in corrections or law enforcement in general, um, what would you tell that person, you know, about working? And a very, like we talked about before, you know, there's that stigma. It's like, oh, I ain't going to work in a you know, prison facility. That's crazy. You know, I watch movies and television. And that's not the case, right? What would you tell somebody if they're looking to get into corrections? Wow. If I can go back and tell my, my younger version of me um, anything, I would say hang in there. Mm -hmm. um, this is a great place to be. 
every day is not going to be sunshine and roses, mm -hmm. but this is a career that, you know, when you retire, you're going to be all right. Yeah. I've worked many a jobs and I've worked hard labor. Mm -hmm. um, I come here and it's more mental as far as the work, but it's, it's, it's so much gratitude behind just being here. Mm -hmm. You know, to look at my children every day and they look at me and say, Mom, I'm proud of you mm -hmm. for what you do. That's the world to me. To see my dad and my mom look at me and say, I'm proud of you. You know, you could have went this way and done different things, but you gave back to your community. To me, that's the world. Because there's, there's that time where people are like, I can't take this no more. Correct. There has Baby. been times that I wanted to throw the towel in. Mm -hmm. And the towel will come back at me and say, well, you can't give up just yet. <laughs> you know, you got to hang in there. Um, it's awesome. so much to the big picture that a lot of people don't see. They come in and they say, well, it's hard and criminals in there. Mm -hmm. I have family members. Everybody have family members who've done something wrong. Yeah. So I don't look at them and say, I'm scared to be around you. I come in here and, and the way you treat people, mm -hmm. the way you talk to people, that makes the world of difference. So if we shake off our feelings and our emotions and how we look at people and come in um, with the purpose of doing a job, trying to make somebody else's life better, um, being a better person within myself, mm -hmm. I grew up here at York County. York County actually grew me up because <laughs> when I came in, I was kind of spoiled. Okay. And I learned a lot being here. So when I look back at my younger version, I say, hey, hang in there. Is so much more to the big picture. Awesome, awesome. Same, same for you. I mean, gosh. Oh, pretty much. Um, it is definitely an adventure. I've learned a lot, and I appreciate the things that I've learned. And, and prayerfully, I can take it, you know, beyond um, these walls when it's time for me to go. Mm -hmm. um, I never thought that I would, you know, have a career like this. But that's the that's that's the um, best thing about it. Yes. It became a career, and it became something that I was proud of. Of you know, and I'm still proud right. to this day. You know, who would have known? And you should be proud. You're helping change lives. I mean, <laughs> you know, with all these programs. I mean, yeah. you've probably touched what how would have thousands of people in and out with just the, vo the volunteer program. And, that's and what somebody has to run it, and that's you. <laughs> and so you, with you and the help of all the volunteers, you've you've changed lives, and that's the point. It's like if you just change somebody's life to the better, exactly. it should be you should. You should be proud. So, I never forget that you know we all are one decision away from being in the same situation. Right. And I would hope that it would be somebody that would be there to listen to me and help me as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming by and talking to us about the the tension the, the, the tension center volunteer program, and uh, hopefully, whenever all the COVID gets out of the wherever. Hopefully this will be over soon. I don't who knows, but as soon as that's over with, we can ramp it back up. We're getting some volunteers in helping out. But the small things that folks can do is the, the cards, donating some books, uh, English and Spanish books. You know, for our MA population who might you know just want to read something different for today or something like that. So just remember that anytime you want to do that, folks, you can just go to our website, yourcanesheriff.com. Click on detention. It's right there at the top of the page. You can find all the information that you need to uh, get in touch with folks about um, any of the volunteer programs that we have and the folks, that, the stuff we need. We're going to throw some of that stuff up here, what you wanted, some books. Yeah. What, what What's what's the list? Books and cards and such I can put on the social Christmas media today? Christmas, <laughs> Christmas cards. cards. All right. Well, yes. good. We'll do that today. And, folks, just remember um, to find out more about that stuff. You can go out and check out our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. 
and uh, also YouTube where you can hear this video, uh, this podcast on a video cast. And just tell your friends about it. Tell hey, go listen to the podcast today. They're talking about how you can volunteer during this time of giving, uh, November, December time frame, and then beyond. It's not just November, December. You can go beyond uh, and uh, volunteer in your time and. for the York County Detention Center. And so, folks, uh, tell them that we're on the podcasting service. We also can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, uh, Overcast, and Spotify. And lastly, don't forget to sign up for those Notify Me alerts straight to your phone. And also, code RED alerts straight to your phone and email at yorkcountysheriff.com. Thank you again, and thank you for listening to ICSO Behind the Badge. <laughs>